Hey guys, today we got a very special guest. Her name is Bethany Roy, and she's going to come on and she's going to be talking about Credit Score 101 and why it is important to have a good credit score. And we're going to touch on everything from the categories that actually affect your credit score, how to get started if you have no or low credit, and the top things to avoid. So stay tuned. Oh, that was easy. All right. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glaspy, and this is the Military Cashflow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow going on guys this is dan Wynn and mike glasby and welcome to the military cash flow today we have a very special guest bethany roy is on with us and uh she's gonna tell us about give us a, a quick you know credit score 101 and talk about the importance of a good credit score bethany thank you so much for coming on uh would you mind tell us a little bit about yourself you know where you're from what you do and and all those good things Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm definitely privileged and honored to be on your channel today and just getting this um, information out to the men and women who have served our country is extremely important to me. Um, so my background, I'm originally born and raised in St. Pete, Florida, uh, currently live in Tampa. Um, you know, I was homeschooled my whole life, so that was fun. Ten kids in my family, you know, we had a good time. <laughs> so it was always busy, busy, busy. Um, I ended up getting into um, employment law a few years back, and that's kind of my background. I also worked in finance for T-Mobile for a couple years. Um, I ended up getting into credit restoration um, as a career choice due to some personal events that had happened to me. I always tell people, you know, don't be ashamed of having bad credit. Just be ashamed if you don't do anything about it, you know, because life happens to us and it's not always your fault. Um, so for me, I had gone through a divorce a few years back and some surgeries, which I had a 755 credit score and that brought me down to a 509 real fast. Mm -hmm. And it was very depressing. <laughs> so I decided then to go ahead and start this company, Empower Credit LLC. Um, so we're able to, my score was able to increase 142 points in three months. Um, following the dispute process, making sure that I'm paying my bills on time, of course. So it's just something I became really passionate about and then realizing that a lot of uh, Americans and, you know, and veterans too don't have a lot of this information at their fingertips and it should be. So that's, that's my name of my game is just to help educate as many people as are willing to listen. Dude, that's awesome. Just want to touch on really quick. You said 10 kids, right? Yeah. You got oh, nine other brothers and sisters. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy in today's day. So where do you fall on that spectrum? I know it's a little off topic, but where do you yeah. fall? Are you like younger side, older side? I am the third oldest. So okay. I have two older sisters. They both have two kids, two baby girls. So I'm an auntie. I guess I'm next in line. You know, hopefully I'll have kids in the near future. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> but that's yeah. wild. Okay. So, <laughs> so the, um, credit, right? Credit is extremely important. We talk about real estate all the time. We talk about just really cash flow in general, right? And when you go to set up these business account, um, how, how important credit is, right? So this is the foundation, what we're talking about here. And, um, you know, Bethany can definitely help us out with that. So, um, where, where did you start with the, with the, I guess, where did you decide to create the, um, the, uh, credit restoration business? What gave you that idea? Was it just your personal experiences or, or, Good question. Um, 
honestly, it really was my personal experiences because I, I mean, I honestly wasn't educated on credit growing up. I don't even know how I had a 755 credit score to be honest with you. I just, it just happened, but it wasn't because I knew what I was doing. I just kind of like, I guess I paid my bills on time, but whenever I had the drop in my credit score, I had no idea what to do to fix it. Like I was just lost. And I was at the time I was still working for corporate America and I was on disability from my, I had a surgery on my neck. I had some other surgeries. So I was on disability going from two incomes to one. And I was like, man, what do I do? So I just ignored it. Like I ignored it for as long as possible. I like, I knew it was getting bad. I was like, man, it's going to be in the 400s. I can't even look. I just like cover my eyes. I didn't want to look at it for months until finally I just kept seeing like, I just kept seeing things about credit score. I was like, I need to fix it. So finally I decided, let me go ahead and just face the problem head on. And that's how I got into it. Once I saw my score increase, I just realized I started educating myself. I'm like, man, there's over 68 million people with a 599 score or less. And we have, the U S has about $1.57 trillion in debt. And (laughs) that's more debt than there are people in the United States. So, um, that's a huge number. So that's kind of how, you know, really how I got into it, honestly. Tell me something that you said uh, during your intro, you know, once you saw how low it got, it dropped significantly. (laughs) You said something inside you, obviously you tried to ignore it, but something inside you kind of clicked too. It kind of upset you. What about it? Because I think many people see a credit score and for some reason they correlate that immediately to success. Right. So what was that little trigger in your mind that was like, ah, it's low. And now I feel bad because of what? Well, I felt bad because I was like, I know I want to be a homeowner in the near future. And I know I'm going to, I know what I'm going to need. Like I have a lot of friends that are realtors too. So I know I'm going to need, you know, a higher credit score for that and have a family one day. So I really was really concerned about not being able to ever qualify for a home Or, you know, in the case if I had an emergency and I needed to use more lines of my credit or I wanted a business loan in the future, it would be hard to get that stuff. So I was just, you know, I knew that I had to do something about it. Otherwise, I would kind of be stuck where I'm at and I may not be able to ever get, you know, even the car I wanted, you know, or at a really high interest rate because I was also paying high interest for everything. Like my car insurance interest rate was through the roof and I called them once my score went back up and they were able to lower my rate. I'm saving quite a bit of money now. So that's another thing too, is those insurance rates, health insurance, car insurance, all that you can save. (laughs) I think it's so important for everybody listening to understand that, you know, the credit score does, it does greatly impact your ability to borrow, but not just the opportunity to borrow the money, but just like Bethany said, how expensive is that money when you borrow it? So credit score can do a lot for you. It's so powerful. That's good stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So if, what, what are some of the things that, that we should be watching out for, right? So I know there's a lot of our listeners that either they're first, they might be first time home buyers or they're about to buy their first investment property, right? So what are some of the things that they need to be paying attention to with their own individual credit um, before making that leap? I know typically um, most banks want you to have around a 630, 650 at the low end, right? Um, to, to be approved for a loan. So what would you say to those people? Um, I would say the first thing, the most important thing that's going to affect your credit, um, well, they first have to understand how the credit score, what makes up the credit score. So 35% is payment history. So those accounts that are open, anyone who has any open credit card, that's where you need to focus. You need to focus on your installment debt, like car, you know, car loan payments, personal loans, business loans, and credit cards, anything that's open and not in collections, because they 
are not friendly when it comes to removing late payments. <laughs> I can tell you from experience, I had a, a personal loan, one late payment in a perfect three year history of the loan and they still don't want to take it off. Mm. It, and, it, and I dropped 60 points in my credit score because of one late payment. They can drop you anywhere from 25 to 100 points for one single late payment. So I would say definitely just pay your bills on time. If you have to borrow money from your mom, if you have to like, whatever you gotta do, you gotta sell like that purse that you know, you're not using, whatever, just make sure that you don't have a late payment because I can't stress it enough how it's gonna affect your score. Um, and then the next thing I would say is, is watch out for your utilization on those cards because 30% of your credit score is made up by how much you, you your, your balance available. So if you got those cards maxed out, but you're paying on time, okay, great, no late payments, but now you're like at 100% or 95%, uh, you know, that utilization. So you want to watch out for that too. Those are the two biggest factors um, in the credit score. So definitely I would say look at that. We also have, you know, length of credit history is 15% of your score. How long have you had the account? Um, you know, I always warn people against closing open accounts that have a good history. I did that myself a few years back and I lost quite a few points just because my parents, and it wasn't their fault, but like they always told me, cut up your credit card, you know, don't use it. And it had a two year history with a $5,000 limit that I didn't owe anything on it. And I was like, let me just close this discover account. So I'm not tempted. Bad idea. Don't do it. Just keep it under, under 7%. Well, 30% is good, but under 7% is excellent. Um, if you maintain under 7%, you're going to definitely see your score skyrocket, especially on a secured credit card. Um, sometimes people aren't really able to, you know, qualify for, you know, that's because they have a problem with their credit. So they may not be able to get a credit card, but um, we offer a secured card. Um, I think the minimum's around a hundred or maybe two. So it's pretty low. So those are some things that they can do. And, and the, sorry, the, uh, the, the secured credit card, that's essentially, that's when somebody, has, they'll put a hundred dollars on the card or whatever the case may be. And then they can utilize that card um, just like any other credit card. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So they just basically borrowing against themselves and it makes them look, look more responsible to the banks too. So, it, you know, if I have someone who's younger, maybe, or maybe they just, for some reason, they just, you know, they're trying to be responsible. They've never had a credit card. I see why they have that mindset, but you really need to get one. You really need to get one and start building your history so the banks can know that you're not a flight risk if you're going to try to get a loan. Um, that's super important. So the secured credit card is a great place to start. Even if they already have other credit cards, I still suggest it because you're going to see an increase in your score. So the biggest three, so the, so what I'm hearing is the biggest three factors are, is your utilization rate, your credit history, like the length of time. Right. And then also the, um, yeah, the payment history, right? Yep. The late payment, yeah, payment history. And then the, another factor is types of credit. So revolving versus installment, like mm -hmm. credit cards, uh, you know, something that fluctuates on a monthly basis versus an installment, like a loan payment or car payments, it's always the same. How many different types of credit you have, whether, you know, if you only have one, you're going to be better off if you have more types. If they want to see like a mix on there, is that's really good as well. And while we're on that talking of the mix of the variety, if you had 40 open lines of credit, regardless if they were mortgages, car payments, et cetera, is there a certain number that actually you start to see diminishing returns, right? That's the number that starts making the credit score go down or do they care? Um, actually, that's a good question. Nobody asks me that question too often. Um, <laughs> so actually it does not matter. 
Um, I literally have friends and business partners who have like 15 plus credit cards, but they don't use them because they need the money. Again, they're using them just so they can build up their history so that they're going to look more trustworthy to the bank. Because I mean, if the bank sees that you have 10 credit cards, but you're using them all correctly, it's not going to hurt you at all. In fact, the more available credit you have available, the higher your score is going to be. And sometimes, you know, I tell customers, um, you know, while you're going through the process of disputing anything on your credit with us, don't apply for new credit. But before we start disputes or after, you know, if they need to, sometimes opening a new credit card is what they need because they don't have, like, if they have a $10,000 credit card and it's maxed out, you know, they might need to open, if they open another credit card with 5,000, well, now their utilization got better because now they have an extra 5,000. The only thing is that they're going to have a little bit of a hit from the inquiry on credit, but usually the inquiry like to apply for new credit is like between five and 10 points that they might lose. It's not a big deal. Um, so I usually tell people to do that either before they start the dispute process with us or after, but not during it because kind of like defeating the, the purpose. If they're going to be applying for new too much credit, you don't want to have too many inquiries in one month. Like you don't want to have more than five inquiries a month and you're looking desperate. So, so go ahead, Dan, go ahead, go ahead. So while we're talking about that, you're talking about disputes and, and the services that you provide with your company, right? Empower uh, Credit LLC, right? And we're talking about Credit Score 101, the importance of having a good, good credit score. So what specifically do, does a credit restoration company do? Because we see all these, I'm sure everyone, if you're listening, you've probably seen a sign somewhere, or you've probably heard of, hey, I can go here and get my credit restored and the, in the importance of that. I've actually used one myself, I don't know, a few years ago as well. So what exactly does your service provide and, and how does it help our, how does it help our listeners basically get into, uh, get into homes? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so a couple of things that differentiate us from other credit repair companies. Um, we don't have any contracts. A lot of times companies will, and it blows my mind really how much they charge for the services. I've had clients and I feel so bad. They'll pay 600 to $2,000 upfront and then they're in a contract. And so if they're in a contract, you know, the company's not in a really a rush to fix their credit because they already got paid. So they're just, and sometimes they will. So one thing is the contracts. Two, um, they will dispute one or two negative items at a time to one or two bureaus at a time, which is gonna take a lot longer than if they would just dispute all of them at once with all three bureaus. So that's what we do. We like to prove ourselves to our clients. We're on a month to month basis. It's like a membership for them. Um, so we, I give a, I set a realistic expectation. You know, you're not gonna see your credit get a hundred points in a month, unless you're one of those lucky individuals who maybe has a lot of errors that we quickly correct you may see a big increase. But as far as the disputes go, um, you know, it takes time. So a lot of companies don't really educate their clients on the process. They just kind of, you know, pay the money, get them in a contract and then send the letters and they send the letters as a third party, sending them on behalf of the client, which also does not carry as much weight. The way our company does it is we have a team of attorneys on staff. Um, you know, we've been in business since 2004. So the attorneys actually draft the letters for the client and send them directly to that client. The client looks over the letters, they sign them, they send them out, 45 days by law for the bureaus to respond. Right now, um, because of COVID, there's a little bit more time than 45 days, so I told my clients to be a little patient. But um, that's another, another factor that makes us different than other companies because we are going to, we're gonna send those out with more power because it's the client's signature. Um, per the FCRA, it just carries more weight. 
Um, and then is your, and then on your other question, how can this really, you know, what can the services do to really help your listeners kind of get into homes? So, like I said, we're an educational company. That's really the basis. I mean, yes, credit restoration, dispute letters and all that's great, but we want to offer the, the customers more. So we actually have a total of 12 services. So the credit restoration is, you know, the first and foremost is what we talk about. Um, but we also want them to start thinking about, you know, you don't only need a good credit score to buy a house. You also need to save up money for that down payment. How's that coming along? You know, like, do you have a savings plan? That all starts with a budget. So we offer them a budgeting tool. I use it for myself, you know, plug in my, what I pay for my rent, all my expenses. They don't have to re-enter it. The, it's, the system's great. It like, it copies the information to the next month and then they can see if they overspent or if they underspent. And if they underspent, then they can go to their savings calculator, which we also provide another tool, a savings goal calculator. So then they can go and take the savings, like for instance, it's a small savings, but I was in my account the other day, I seen that I was paying $25 for my Hulu account. And I was like, I know I don't need to be paying $25. I accidentally signed up for something else. So I ended up going in and getting it down to $6. So I'm like, hey, you know what? All in. Yeah, yeah I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm proud of myself for that. Like, because I, if I hadn't looked at my budget, I wouldn't have even realized. Because sometimes you don't look at your bank account every second to see every little charge is coming, especially recurring like that. Um, so I was able to save some money there. So just things like that. If people don't see where their money is going, it really creates a problem. And that's, I think, the basis of why we have so much debt in this country. So we give them a, a budgeting tool. We give them the savings goal calculator. We're also going to provide them with a living will, a trust, and a power of attorney. Ooh. And that's huge because that, and coming from a law back from my uh, background, I can tell you anywhere from $1,200 to $5,000 for all three of those services. Now our clients say they're with us for four months and they have, you know, get their credit up to a 700 or whatnot and they want to cancel. No problem. They get to keep that. They're going to get like a binder in the mail with all the legal documents they get to keep for life. Whether or not they stay with us is irrelevant. I tell them, fill that out ASAP and then just keep it. You know, have your family secured, um, you know, God forbid anything happen, but in this day and age, especially with what we have going on in this country, it's very important that you have something set up for yourself. If you can't speak for yourself, that the right person when making those medical decisions for you. So we offer them that as well. Um, we also offer them a um, net worth calculator. So we want people to start thinking about that. Usually they laugh, you know, like they know Cardi B's net worth or like Will Smith. He's like my favorite, um, you know, <laughs> the celebrities. But we never think about our net worth. And that's because, you know, we weren't brought up educationally to be taught about how to grow net worth. We were really, and I'm all for education. I went to college and everything too. But, like, I'm not dissing that at all. But um, we just weren't taught about this stuff. We were taught to have the employee mindset and, you know, not the business mindset. So we're trying to change that, assets versus liabilities. So what they do in the net worth calculator is plug in their car payments. Obviously, it's a liability. They can go ahead and plug in their new you know, home, home loan that they get through the VA and that's going to be an asset. So now they can start to really see what kind of legacy they're leaving, you know, for their kids or their family. Um, so those are some of the services that we offer. We really want to just teach them, you know, what it takes. We also offer them identity theft protection. Everything is completely secure. I will never ask the customer for their social security card or like number or anything like that. That goes all secured to our headquarters, which is in Michigan and Farmington Hills. I've been out there to the headquarters last year. Um, it was great. So we have a great uh, customer service staff out there too. So um, they're open like nine to five during the week to answer questions for the clients, but I'm always on top of it. I speak with them directly. Um, but that's another thing is the uh, million dollars in identity theft protection, cover pre-existing conditions up to two years. So if you had something happen, you know, in the past year and a half, we'll cover that for you. 
dark web monitoring, social media monitoring. So they are very secured and I don't get to see any of their information. I can't even see their credit score unless they want to show me. So they're very secured. So that's the rundown of the services. I don't think I missed anything, but yeah. What don't you offer? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what else is there? <laughs> like, so I, 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 when I actually first met Bethany, I talked about how I paid for my mom to get um, her credit repair uh, fixed. And no disrespect to that other company, but I paid maybe $1,200 up front for a six-month contract. And when I got off the phone with her and she told me all of this, I was shocked. I was uh, dumbfounded. I mean, so the, I'm going to just recap it all so everybody can hear it again. Um, and obviously, guys, reach directly out to Bethany if you want to know more information. But we're talking all disputes with all three bureaus at the same time, right? It's a month-to-month -month contract. We're trying to expedite it. Team of attorneys that draft these letters directly, right, and then get your signature on there so there's a little bit more clout. Uh, the bureaus have the 45 days of response, so we're shoving it down their face, right? And with the overall, the one piece that I love absolute most is that the primary purpose is education. And so through all those tools of credit restoration, budget tools, saving calculators, living wills, trust, and power of attorneys, like guys, come on, like that's huge. <laughs> and then network calculator. And this is how I know education is, is, is a real thing over there because they said the car payment is a liability, not an <laughs> asset. Hello. <laughs> and I did need that protection. That's good stuff, man. I love it. Dude, that's awesome. Hey, what I want to unpackage a little bit is you, you kind of touched on it, right? You talked about the process. A lot of people go through this and they don't understand what the process of actually removing something is or any of the other intricacies that goes along with uh, repairing your credit. So can you speak to that? Yeah. So um, the process when they get started is the first thing I'm going to do is help them activate their credit restoration service. So that's going to basically send the message to the attorneys to start working on their credit to find what's negative, what's positive, and also look for any errors. Um, one in five people have errors on their report that they don't know of. An error could be anything like a wrong last name, wrong address, any wrong information. It's actually legal for them to have that on you. So some clients, like I said, it, it's rare, but there are some clients that I have personally had that have had a hundred point increase in the first week or two, 50 point increase in the first week or two, and that has nothing to do with disputes. That has to do with the fact that they had errors and we just got those corrected. Um, so that's what we're going to work on. We're going to look and see what's there. The attorneys are immediately going to work to correct that. Now, not everyone has errors. That's fine. Um, we're going to go ahead and do the disputes. Like I said, the attorneys are going to send those letters, you know, directly to the client. Typically, it's seven to 14 business days. But if they want to be, you know, a little more, take a little more action and be faster with it, they can actually request them to be emailed to them, which will be five, uh, was it four or five days, I believe, um, right now. Because of COVID, we're a little bit, you know, there's a lot of people getting their credit restoration right now because they're realizing the importance, you know, of what's happening in our country at the moment. So um, typically the, the uh, slowest amount of time would be five days. They can print the letters out themselves, sign them, send them. All the instructions are there as far as the addresses to the bureaus. All they got to do is the stamps and the envelope. That's uh, the part they play. <laughs> So that's pretty much the process. Um, we're going to continue to dispute. So we're going to, and this is the reason why a lot of people hire a company like ours and don't try to do it themselves because it's not just a one shot and you're done. Okay. I sent a dispute letter. Oh man, everything came back verified. This sucks. You know, I'm not going to get an increase in my credit. And that's not true for me. It took three months of consistent dispute letters 
for me to get 14 medical collections deleted off my TransUnion. Mm -hmm. And they have not returned, which by the way, our company also offers a guarantee as long as they're enrolled with us. Um, if any negative item ever pops back up, like you know how a collection company might resell it and like rename it and then it'll be back on their report. If that ever happens, our company will sue the Bureau $1,000 per negative item on the client's behalf. So that's security because I've spoke to a lot of clients who've been through that and they're like, you know, I went to this company, I paid all this money up front and then all these items just came right back. So that's a really good peace of mind. Um, but that's basically the process is super simple. Once the 45 days is over, they're going to receive results from TransUnion, Equifax and Experian by mail. And then they're just going to let me know. I'm, I keep in touch with them, all my clients, at least on a monthly basis, more than that. Sometimes I'm a little annoying with that. Like I'll be messaging them. How's it going? Did you send your letters? Um, so once they get the results, they're going to email those to our company, which I provide the email address and all that. And then they go ahead into their smart credit, which I forgot to mention. We offer credit monitoring as well through smart credit. So this will show them their auto score, their insurance score, their hiring index score. Um, it is very in-depth and detailed. So they're going to be able to see all that. They can even see how many collections, pub public records, judgments, whatever they have, they'll be able to see it there. Um, so that's, they're going to be able to see in that website after the results come in, how much their score has increased or if they had a decrease. Sometimes they do have a decrease because of something they didn't tell me, like maybe they had a late payment and want to tell me. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty much the process. It's pretty simple. Um, just making sure that they're consistent and that they're actually sending the letters and they're letting me know what's going on, keeping me in the loop. I love it. So yeah, I actually got a few, I got a few questions for you. So, yeah. uh, there's a few things. One, are they allowed, are any of your clients allowed to do maybe like an a la carte style of the services and just kind of pick what they want? We do have a few services that are a la carte, but not all of them. Um, you can do the credit monitoring by itself, the smart credit. So if you just, okay. you know, maybe you don't have negative items. Maybe you just don't, you only use credit karma. Maybe you want something yeah. better. You can do just that. We also offer, like I mentioned, the secured credit card. That's an a la carte item they can do that's separate. Um, so they can put, I believe as low as it's between one and $200 is the minimum on that, um, through first progress. And then what else do we have? That's, uh, our, we have a credit my rent program for anyone who's renting. They can go back as far as two years in their rental history and get that added to their report. That's what I did. And I had a pretty good increase in my score is of course, assuming all their payments are on time, um, mm -hmm. rental payments, you don't want to report it if it's going to be late. Uh, but obviously we also have a program with the credit, my rent, where you can just do it moving forward, like on a monthly basis, that's like six bucks a month, six, $7, um, just for them to report every month. And that's a positive trade line. So we're not just taking away the negatives. So how does that work? I've never, I've never heard of, uh, the credit, my rent. I've never heard of anything like that. You can use your rent towards your, towards your, uh, a positive side of, side of your credit. I've always heard of you know, hey, if somebody sends something like debt collection, like if you if you owe rent and they send it to debt collection, obviously that's going to negatively affect your credit. But on the positive side, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, and it's so sad to me. Like, rent is the one thing that everybody's going to pay on time. You know, to the best of their ability, because they got to have a roof over their head, and they're going to get knocked if they don't, but they don't get credit if they do, and that's one of their biggest payments is rent. So it's kind of like unfair that most people don't have a way or they don't know some apartment complexes actually, well, here in Florida, some apartment complexes do actually have a program like that in place, but it's rare. Um, so our company created the credit, my rent program. So, and I did it myself. So basically what you do, you fill out, a, you know, you go ahead and make the payment. You decide if you want to go two years back, one year back, or just do the $6 monthly for, you know, in the future. So first you decide which package you want. 
Then you go ahead and you fill out the information. All you have to do is put the name of the you know, apartment complex. You can put the, just the name, the address, the phone number. That's all they need. And then if you want to expedite it, call that apartment complex. Like I called my previous one that I had lived at and I said, hey, you know, I'm, I went ahead and did this credit my rent. They're going to call and verify that I lived here. And so that way the apartment's expecting the call. Sometimes when an apartment gets a call like that, they might think it's like the scam or they might not, they're not expecting it. So I always advise call them and let them know that our company is going to reach out and just verify that you live there and that you had on time rent. So that's basically how it works. Um, if you have a situation where you're with a landlord and you're not like at a complex, it can be a little more difficult. You have to talk to that landlord and say, Hey, are you willing? Is it okay if I put your information, you know, is, are you going to, you know, you, as long as you don't have a bad relationship with them and you pay on time, they should be fine with it. Cause they're just going to basically say, Oh yeah, you know, Bethany lived here from, you know, 2017 to 2018. She never had a late payment. That's it. And so, so then that gets added. So that's what I wanted to know. Cause I think that would be a phenomenal, um, add to anyone that has a multifamily home or anyone that's just renting a home in, in general. If you wanted to say, Hey, you can come and come and rent my place, but guess what? I'm also going to help you improve your credit while you're living, uh, while you're living in one of my properties. Right? So how can I, the landlord say, I, I guess, advertise that to my tenants. If I have, you know, is there something I need to go through your credit or your uh, credit repair company and say, Hey, I offer that. Or how, how would that even work? Yeah, so basically it's just, there's a link that I have for each service, that's the a la carte service. So I would just provide them with that link and they can send it to any prospect that they, any person that they want to that might be interested in getting their rent reported on their credit. And it's a secured portal. Again, it goes through, you know, all their information goes to our headquarters, not to me directly. So I can't see any of that private stuff. Um, so it's all protected, but that's basically it. They're just gonna take a look at, and on the link, it's gonna talk all about the different options they have if they want to do, you know, the one, two years or just the monthly one. So they'll have all the info there. So all landlords out there listening to this, landlords who also are realtors or who also are house flippers, one common strategy could be, uh, we call it, hey, break your lease for free if you buy from me. And in a situation like that, you can actually help your tenant improve their credit score and get them able to buy a loan to potentially buy one of your flip properties or if you're a realtor, buy a property and you represent them for the commission. This is a, it's a common practice as far as the break your lease rent, uh, uh, you know, buy from me, break your lease for free, but that now just added fuel to the fire. I mean, I didn't even know that that was a thing, but that is, I mean, that's phenomenal for sure. Another thing I wanted to ask you, what do, do you have a, a definition or an idea of an ideal client or is this service pretty much meant for everybody? Um. It's pretty much meant for everyone, to be honest. I have clients, some of my clients don't always even have negative items. Like I had a client who had a credit card that was maxed out, but he wanted to, you know, work on it. He admitted, you know what, I need help with my budget. I don't really know how to save. And like, I just honestly haven't done that. And sometimes a lot of money will pass through our hands. And even in my experience, I wasn't always responsible with my funds in my early 20s. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, even if they don't have negative items, they can utilize all the other services. Um, and we actually have a referral program too. So if they're worried about the monthly cost, they can refer five people and they can get that month for free up to two months. So I always tell them that, you know, if you're worried about the monthly costs, even though it's very low, um, you know, I understand people have to budget, especially, if, you know, if they have kids and they have family, but it's geared toward everyone, you know, people want to be homeowners, especially because they're very motivated 
they know what they want. They know what kind of house they want. They know what kind of flooring they want, what kind of kitchen they want. And they know that they got to fix their credit. So those are, those have been lately people that I've been getting. And, and then also people who have medical collections, because a lot, there's a big misconception there that you have to pay the medical collections. And when you pay them, they'll disappear from your credit, which is not true. Um, even if you paid all your medical collections right now, unfortunately, they're still going to be on your credit because you have to understand that the bureaus are not government agencies. They are actually privately owned companies and they benefit off of you having the negative marks. So if you already have something, this is only for if it's already in collections. If it's already in collections, it's already affected your score. If you don't have any written agreement by law per the FCRA to pay that collection agency, you know, the originally the hospital or whatever it was, they sold that debt for pennies on the dollar and they're just like, oh, we're never gonna collect, so let's sell it. So then basically those collection agencies are making a profit. That's why they'll do settlements and stuff because say if the debt was $4,000 and they're like, oh, I'll settle for just a thousand or 600. That sounds great to me, right? But that's a profit that the collection agency is making and the original holder of the debt, the hospital or wherever it was, they already got paid by their insurance company. So they're really not out the money. Like they did get, they get reimbursed by that. Um, but as far as the law goes, the FCRA states that you don't actually have a binding agreement to pay any collection. Um, you, I mean, you can if you want, but um, if you're, you have to decide if you're either going to dispute it or you're going to pay it. If you pay it, it's still going to sit there. So it's kind of like, you know, when tax season comes around, a lot of people want to use their taxes to pay back collections. And I see this all the time. And I tell them like, don't do that. Save your, you know, pay back that. How about pay back your balance on your credit card and lower your utilization? That would be a better use of your money than paying a collection account that's not going to move you know? So that's something I'm really trying to get the word out there about that. Cause people just don't know. I, mean, yeah, I never knew that. Yeah. yeah I always <laughs> thought that uh, if you have something in collection, if you work out a deal to pay it off, they would remove, I always hear that at least they would remove it from your credit, therefore improving your credit score. So what you're saying is that that's not the case. Um, it's rarely the case. So what they do is you can actually, if you call the collection agency um, and you verify yourself, you know, the first thing they're going to say is, you know, I'm calling from a debt collector. This is a debt collector. Um, are you Bethany Roy? Yes, I am. Okay. I have this debt. Is this your debt? Yes, it is. Is this your address? The first thing they want to do is get you on a recorded line. So that way now you're kind of obligated, you're more obligated to pay it. Um, so always advise against that. But if you want to, if you do want to settle with them, you can ask them for what's called a pay to delete letter. Um, but the problem is that they, like I said, they're just not motivated. They're not getting any financial gain by doing that. So you can ask them if, you know, hey, if I pay this, will you remove it from my score? And I've personally been through this with medical collections in the past. I've called them and I tried to like settle it and just get it removed without disputing it. And they told me that they were going to remove it. And then a couple months later, it's still there. And they're like, oh, well, we can't guarantee that. So if you're going to do that, just make sure you get it in writing, like get a document, a pay to delete letter that actually states they're going to delete it. Because then if it ever, if it still stays there, you actually have legal grounds to get it removed. No problem. Like just contact the bureaus, send them a copy of the letter and they'll remove it for you. But if you don't have a pay to delete letter, good luck. It's probably not going to happen. <laughs> So, so what I'm hearing is nobody out there should ever pay. No, I'm playing. No, <laughs> but that, that's a, so with that being said, then if you're going through this whole process and understanding that there's, for example, we, we, we reach out to the credit bureaus. Now, the credit bureaus has about 45 days to respond legally. Obviously, COVID is a little bit slower. Well, then what would be a fair expectation for a credit a score to actually improve as far as a timeline? Would it yeah. be 45 days? Would it be 60 days? Um, typically if the customer has a 650 or less, I always say four to six months okay. because it's, cause you have to understand that it's, um, 
a repeated process with the letters. You're not just sending one set of letters. There are times when one set of letters will do the trick and you'll all of a sudden have all these negatives deleted. Like I had a friend of mine who's a realtor, great friend of mine, and he had 40 negative items deleted. And I think it was on his second round of letters. So that was like really quick. Um, but, and for me, it took three months, like I said, to get those negatives deleted. I still have a couple uh, negatives on my score that haven't been able to come off, namely delayed payments, because like I said, those are very sticky. Like they don't like to remove those. They do not like to help it. <laughs> you can call um, the, the, the uh, creditor and request, hey, can you remove the late payment? I always advise that. Call them, and if it's a late payment, just request it to be removed, because that's much easier than disputing it for like three months. Um, but a lot of times they're just not willing to. And that was the case, I had a perfect payment history, just one late payment, but they wouldn't dispute it. So, or they wouldn't remove it. So I'm still, I'm disputing that to be removed, but the collections came off a lot faster than the late payment did. That's another reason why I warned so much against just pay your bills on time. So you don't have to deal with all that. So yeah, it's a process though. I always tell my customers a realistic expectation because 30 days is just not realistic. It's rare, you know? <laughs> and and well, I guess we're kind of going back a little bit, but you say pay your bills on time. There is a common misconception of the, you know, hey, I missed my payment that was due on the 1st of June. How long do they typically have before it's reported to collections? Typically 30 days, sometimes 60. If it goes past 30 days, um, you know, the later it is, obviously 30 days, 60 days, and then I think it's 120 days, it's going to be... The first thing that's going to happen is if it's an open account is you're going to start getting late payments. You're going to get hit with the first late payment for 30 days. And then if you're still late at 60 days, you'll get hit with another late payment. So you're probably losing about hundred points in your score at that point. And then at the 120 day mark, um, sometimes they'll, it'll get sent to collections. It depends on your communication with the company. If you call them and let them know if you're going through a hardship or something. Um, like I, I used to work in finance for T-Mobile. I did, I worked in their collection department. And so I know like the name of the game when it comes to that. So if you tell them what you're going through, a lot of the times, you know, they're able to be like, oh, you know what? Let me take off that late payment fee. We're not going to report that to the bureaus because you want, you know, you had a surgery, your mom died or something happened. Um, they can be understanding. Um, you just have to communicate with them, but you never want to just let something fall behind and not let the company know what's going on because you're certainly going to get hit with that one. Gotcha. Good stuff. That's crazy. And uh, just to kind of like, hit on it already but i mean credit is power right credit allows you the ability to get lower interest rates which end up saving you money especially when you're buying your first home um the difference between a you know 2.8 percent interest rate and a three point or 4.5 percent interest rate over time is thousands and hundreds and thousands of dollars over the lifetime of of your mortgage so um, when we talk about, you know, these three main things that affect your credit score and the importance of um, a good credit score, especially when buying your first home or buying your, your rental property, I mean, you got to take that stuff into consideration. You got to take it seriously because um, it, it's just going to save you money over time. You're going to get better loans. You're going to get better rates. It's going to allow you to do just so much more. So uh, definitely, definitely um, rewind this <laughs> this podcast if you need to and, uh, and re-listen to some of these things. So absolutely, that's, that's awesome. And so, so Bethany, now for everybody out here who's, you know, maybe they're struggling, they got no credit, they're just starting on their credit journey, what would be one piece of advice that you would really try to drive home? For somebody who doesn't have a credit history, I would say get a secure credit card. I think that's the best place to start for somebody. Like I have younger siblings who, you know, just turned 18, 
one is 20 or 21, they have no credit history. You need to start building, you need to start showing the bank that, you know, in a couple of years time, you're going to actually be able to have the banks trust you with the loan. If you need it, a home loan, a car loan, whatever it is. I've literally had friends who were young and they made a lot of money and they're like, I'm going to go buy my dream car. They get to the dealership. They have literally, I had a friend who had over a hundred thousand dollars that he could put towards a car, like, you know, some kind of luxury. I don't even remember what it was, some kind of luxury car. And they denied him because he had no credit whatsoever. Even though we had the money, they still denied him. And so that's when he was like, man, okay, this is clicking in my head. It's not just about cash. Cash is king. Credit is power. That's what they say. Um, you know, because it really is. It gives you the buying power to do, to, to leverage what you want. As long as you don't use your credit and la allow yourself to go into debt, you just have to be responsible. And again, that goes back to the budgeting and the savings. But that's all something that we just, I mean, I really wasn't taught about that stuff. So now that I'm an adult, I'm, you know, I've gotten better with it over the years. So certainly. And another thing I did want to mention um, something that touched back on something you had said, as far as the credit scores, like of course, for you want to have a good credit score, first time home buyer, whatever for a car, but also even for refinancing. Um, right now there's a lot of refis going on. Um, I have a lot of realtors that are doing refis and, you know, shopping the rates for the customers and the credit score plays a factor in that too. And you can also save a lot of money doing a refinance, um, whether you're taking equity out or whatnot. Um, yeah. So just want to throw that in there too. So the, I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> we deal with a lot with investors, right? So for the investors listening guys, everybody out there trying to do a burr or a delayed finance, the bank doesn't care if you bought it with cash. They're not going to refi you if your credit is trash, right? So, oh, and that rhymes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like. Oh, <laughs> right. We're going to make a t-shirt about that. Yes, but, but also, um, big thing for the military guys, and I mentioned this in a, in a video before, but, you know, credit score actually affects your ability to get a security clearance. All right? That's a military thing. It's probably some other government agency things. It uh, may affect your ability to get a job right? The credit score is so powerful. Obviously, we're going to focus on financing items for, the, for this podcast, but it goes way beyond that. And it's not about having a perfect credit score. It's about having a good credit score. So I'm really glad you addressed that. Yeah, absolutely. I had somebody in my company that um, he's a customer and he was trying to get his military clearance and he was having a hard time because of his credit. So he went through the program and was able to get the problem solved. But that's that can affect people in the military for sure. And people with jobs, not able to get jobs. And they're just not sure why they keep getting denied all these jobs. Well, then they they don't think about that. People are like, that's not true. So I'm not, I'll post stuff about it. And they're like, oh, that's not true. You can get a job. It doesn't matter your credit. But there are a lot of companies that look at it. I mean, not every company, but Right. And, good and ones. It depends on your, it, yeah, it depends on your position too, obviously, right? Yeah. So if you're going to be in charge of a company's finances, but you can't control your own, you're probably not going to get it, right? Right. Um, uh, yeah. Not even, not even so much finances, just any, any, any level of importance, right? Because your ability to be folded by someone else, uh, for example, or, or, you know, someone can, someone can entice you with money. You, you might not have as much money. So, from a from a company's perspective, they're thinking that you know it's easy to, it's easy to turn you over, it's easy to you know entice you with money to give up or divulge any kind of information. So I think that's mainly what uh, what the when we talk about security clearances, that's that's usually what that's involving. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. So um, Bethany, where can we find out more from you if if um, our listeners want to hear more from you and uh, and and sign up with your uh, with your company? and uh, get those 100, 200 point in increases in their credit, uh, where can they reach out to you? 
Um, so they can always text or call. Um, honestly, I'm on my phone 24 seven. I'm very good with responding. So um, you guys can put the number in, but 813-708-4740 is the number to reach me. Also, my website is um, Empower Credits with an S, Empower Credits LLC. Dot com. If they go to that site, they're going to be able to see um, some a video a video interview I had done talking about credit. So they'll learn a few things on that. They're going to be able to see about the products, and they can actually schedule a consultation right from my website. Pick a date on the calendar, and then go, and that'll send us both a text update of when our appointment will be. So those are two great ways to reach me. Excellent. All of her information will be down there below in the show notes. You'll see it right below. Uh, what you also see down below is a subscribe button if you're watching this on YouTube. So, <laughs> so make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, uh, share, comment, do all those great things. If you're listening to it on podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Um, and then also, you know, if you're on Facebook or if you're on social media in general, uh, I would recommend joining our uh, military cash flow Facebook group. Bethany's uh, She'll probably be in the group uh, by the time this airs. So <laughs> if she's not in it, yeah, already. I think I'm in there. Okay, yeah, so, in there now. So um, you can ask away all the credit questions you want to. You want to get in contact with Bethany there, maybe, or um, and you know, it's it's just a great group. We got a lot of people in there, and we're all building uh, building wealth and creating cash flow together, helping each other out. So definitely uh, recommend signing up there, Mike. And, and guys, just realize this is a this is a team. This is a community, okay, guys. So for everybody out there that's looking to buy their first home, obviously, you know, we can help you find realtors that are proven in your market. But what if your credit's not ready? Well, Bethany can help you get your credit right, right? So or better, right? I can't speak right now, but you guys get my point. So it's a, it's a community process, and we're all here to help you. So let's let's utilize uh, Bethany's tools and systems and services. Let's get you ready to buy that property. Let us know where, what market you're in and what type of property you want to buy. And we're going to, we're going to vet a realtor for you. And we're going to get you that, that first home. Okay, guys? Uh, so beyond that, Bethany, thank you so much uh, for, for coming out and sharing so much knowledge. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It was very fun. I love it. <laughs> awesome information. Uh, you know, Credit Score 101, cash is king, but credit is power. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But yeah, thanks so much, Bethany. Appreciate you, you coming out. And um, with that, this is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glasby. Signing off.